everyone. Welcome to the Earth Dawn Survival Guide, a podcast for novices and masters alike. I am Dan. My co-host is, of course, Josh. Hello. And on today's podcast, we will be discussing all things magical, mechanical, zoological, and non-individual, because today's topic is about cavalrymen, but we are actually 24 episodes in, so if we were the Kiefer Sutherland Show 24, we'd be here once a week as well, and we would take forever to get to the end of this. However, we have a long way to go. But um, <laughs> if you want to contact us with any questions you've got over anything we've ever talked about or anything we're going to talk about, because we uh, are waiting for things on patterns, because we know that's going to be a big topic one of these days, feel free to email us at edsgpodcast at gmail.com. But other than that, how about we just dive right in? Because it's uh, yeah. cavalrymen. I, in my 20 years of playing this game, I've owned it for 27, but I couldn't get anyone to play for the first seven. 20 years of playing this game and running this game. I have had exactly one player make one cavalryman. So this is my least understood discipline because I've had nobody actually play one or be one, essentially. Yeah. So we're going to deep dive. I've, yeah, we are. I, I've not actually in any of the games that I've run had a cavalryman. Um, there is one in the Legends of Earthdawn game. Uh, Rusty plays... Gareth, who is a windling cavalryman, who is windling cavalrymen are generally the ones that are easiest to deal with. Yeah. Because the problem that you run into with cavalrymen is that (laughs) they've got a mount and that takes up space. We talked a little bit back in our Beastmaster episode about the issues that you can run into with, you know, Beastmaster animal companions. Yes. But then you get into the cavalrymen and they have a they have an animal companion as well, but unless they're a windling and they have a small one, tends to be larger. Considering the picture in the book is of a of the fourth edition book is the troll riding a rhinoceros, I'd say yes, that's a small a <laughs> Yeah, thing. I mean you get into and you a, get into stuff like the thunder <laughs> beasts and and dire dyers and, and things like that that are that are big and and strong. You know, especially if you're going to be running a campaign that is going to be delving into cares at any point. Yep. You are yeah. likely to run into problems um, having a cavalryman in the group just for, for space concerns. Now, the and one thing. Yeah. And, you know. Yeah. The one thing that I, I would want to point out to people who look in, who look at that as a potential problem is to remember that a care was designed as a community. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it, is, it is a place where people would be living for centuries and mm-hmm. they would have space there not only to, you know, live, but also to grow crops and have livestock and things like that. Yes. Um, so the, the actual amount of space that would be there for a, a cavalryman character to be able to operate isn't actually much of a stretch. The, the, the popular conception because of the legacy of Dungeons and Dragons is that mm-hmm. a care as Earthdawn's equivalent of a dungeon is yeah. going to have a whole bunch of tight corridors and, and things like that. And that's not really the case. No, but still cavalrymen, you run into a little bit of the animal companion problem. You run into a little bit of the <laughs> required space uh, because as we get into the and the complexity of just mounted combat in general, so we get yeah. into the the talents and whatnot, we'll probably highlight some of that. Well, and the logistics of feeding it, and I hate to say cleaning up after it, but every once in a while it does come into play. But yeah. the one the one character, cavalryman character that came into my campaign, did so right as I brought everyone into par length, and that was our last episode or the one before that, where. Yeah, they went down into the catacombs, and so they had to figure out how to jury rig a rope setup, tie it around, tie a harness around the mount, get the mount and the cavalryman down into the, because it wasn't a straight like slope or stairs, and so yeah, there's just a hole in the ground, going to the catacombs. So just, I mean, the logistics of that as well. Sure, like take for example uh, the adventure Terror in the Skies. Oh, uh, love that one. P- potential potential spoilers here. But a big feature, one of the sort of set piece features of that adventure is the exploration of a windling care. And the mm-hmm. access to it is in, is, is a, as an elevator shaft, basically with a, a mountain at the top of a mountain with a, with a rickety, you know, elevator in it. 
Yeah. And like dealing with a cavalryman in that situation, it's just it's a nightmare. Well, and you then know. you have to you, – you are on an airship, a large airship, and maybe you right. have to take the Drakkar, <clears throat> which only seats like seven or eight people, <laughs> mm-hmm. average size name givers, and you have to go fight a flying horror the size of a blimp. And so where does your mount fall into that as well? Yeah. you have a flying mount. Yeah. Again, that's where the windling – the windling zoke <laughs> mount, the, the, the flying mount for with. windlings is is the – you know, is, is the epitome because basically it, it carries all of the – uh, advantages that you have as a windling character where you can fly. Yeah. Cause I want to see the troll riding the rhino going, going to terror in the skies and you'll have a f- not fun time. Sure. <laughs> it, it strikes me that, that the cavalryman adept is really, really cool when it comes to fleshing out the setting and like, yes. repre- because one of the, one of the setting things is are are the orc cavalries you know the the scorcher bands and and mercenary cavalries and things like that for the nomadic orc tribes and Mm -hmm. other nomads like the the dingani and stuff like that that you have maybe from from other races and that the cavalryman adept basically shows how the magic has been adapted to that lifestyle and that Mm -hmm. it is less something that is good player character choice unless you've got a campaign that is going to be focusing on it one of the like back of my brain ideas if i ever get to the point of of running campaigns (laughs) again is to run a cavalry focused campaign which is basically to be a a game where not necessarily everybody is a cavalryman adept but that's going to be the the premise the 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 idea of the group that they will all they will be sort of a a unit that operates on horseback, maybe working for Carafad, which is where a cavalryman group, I think, would be ideal. Ideal. Oh, totally. But it, but you know, possibly a cavalry unit for Thrall, or or you know, even just a small mercenary band or something like that. But to have would... the like, if you build the campaign around mm-hmm. the idea of it being a cavalry unit with individual characters, maybe following other disciplines, but maybe them all having some kind of skills in animal handling and, and stuff like that. Um, I think that could be, that could be really interesting. I do. I think you, uh, just being crafty enough. <clears throat> and I know that you are, I would take the word apocalypse, make an anagram of it and call it the four horsemen of whatever that anagram happens to be. So I would just do that, <laughs> but that's me. But I mean, to the serious nature of, of how important cavalrymen are page 17 of the fourth edition players handbook is to the saddle born. It is a story about how someone becomes Cavalrymen. So this is yeah. important to Earth Dawn, and as and I can't find anything rather similar in D anD D to my recollection. Again, you've played it more than I have. The the, the closest thing that you it. the closest thing that you find in D anD D is the 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 special mount that a paladin gets. I played a paladin. I didn't, didn't even get that high. So. Yeah, that's a, yeah, that's something you <laughs> that you get later on. But yeah, that's sort of the the closest thing. The, the closest analog that you get, uh, you can yeah. maybe see that in a um, in a ranger that has animal companions, but that's more Beastmaster field than yeah. than and, mounted and knight. It's still, I don't think, in D&D, and we're going to make that comparison because that's what every fantasy game is going to be compared to no matter what. We've said it before, but yeah. I don't think that there is quite the same comparison with a cavalryman and Earthdawn with the heart bond that the cavalrymen themselves and their mount develop. Because that is integral to the character nature. And as you said, a lot of talents are based upon right. them and their mount. Yeah, the the, so. the cavalryman really, really shines in mounted combat, um, yes. which is a little bit more complex than, than standard combat in terms of just uh, like the amount of, of space and movement and actions required and whatnot. And, and when they are not mounted, they're okay, but they're not great. Yeah. Like they're, so, they, you know, if, if they end up being on foot, they can, they can fight okay, but they lose a lot of the tricks that really make them shine as a, as a combat class. Yeah. Cause being mounted in just in history, in the history of warfare before modern capabilities, being mounted actually led you a certain advantage. Mm-hmm. And yeah, without that advantage, they're not the same. And sure. they don't take the losing of a mount lightly. So Paladin may get a mount in D&D, 
But, you know, it's a dime a dozen. They can be like the Pony Express and just trade horses in the next town. Whereas in Earth Dawn, to lose that mount is like losing your best friend and your child and your mom at the same time. Yeah, so. that, that is <laughs> that is generally considered one of the sort of defining traits of the cavalrymen from a from a philosophical point of view from the yes. from the definition of the interestingly enough though where it kind of talks about in the the adept's way essay about the cavalrymen it does talk about yes. the the bond and 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 whatnot i while it is important i think different cavalrymen particularly depending on their race what name giver race they are would have different yeah. views on that because Fair. an elf who lives a lot longer is apt to go through a lot more mounts over the course of their life and career Agreed. than they would, you know, say an orc who is maybe will go through, you two. know, one or two. <laughs> yeah. So, you yeah, know, that, that, that's it's I mean, certainly the bond between rider and mount is important, but the way mm -hmm. that that is expressed and the way that you can look at that in terms of your your own character's point of view on that is you know, does have some variation on it. Yes, but it offers a fantastic role-playing opportunity for the character and for the game master to do so. Oh, yeah. Um, to prepare that player for, there, it is an inevitable tragedy of losing a mount. Just sure. like anytime uh, us as people buy a pet, you're going to outlive yeah. the cat, the dog, that, you know, unless you buy a turtle. There um, are <laughs> many examples in, in pop culture of the important mount uh, mm -hmm. you know, and so forth. Like, um, David Eddings, I forget the names of the series, but, but the ones with Sparhawk. Is um, it Belgarian? Like, no, the Belgariad okay, is the other one. It's the, the Elenium and the Tamuli, I think, are the, are the two series, but they're the ones can't with Sparhawk. I can't imagine. I can't remember that. <laughs> Spar <laughs> but Sparhawk is a knight and his horse is like a character as much as yes. he is. Mm -hmm. Um, you've got in, um, Disney's Hunchback of Notre Dame. Uh, mm -hmm. a, an underrated film, but you've got Phoebus, the horse yes. uh, of of the of his horse. Phoebus is you the character. I can't kids. remember the horse's name <laughs> offhand, but is also like a character in in that regard. Um, yes. You know, so so and and there are of course you know other examples that you could take from from myth and legend and and of things course. like that. Yes. Uh, um, just Slipnir, which is uh, yeah. Odin's um, horse, eight legged, eight -legged horse. And that's where we actually get the the moniker of Santa Claus and his eight reindeer because it was transferred from the Norse. So, yeah, one of those things. So let's go ahead and do a, a breakdown here of the cavalrymen. Uh, again, I, I just I, like I said, I love the fact that the picture is of a troll riding a rhino and not a horse. Well, it's usually. not even really a rhino. It looks like it's, it's I think it's maybe supposed to be like a thunder beast kind of thing because I... it looks kind of dinosaur-y. I know. I, I with the claws and the all the, and all the, the animals frill. I could in the game master's guide, and I was like, it's either a thunder beast or a rhino, and I had to yeah. go with rhino because it has up to two horns and it's kind of scaly. And I think yeah, I've but got a but picture but of the rhinos on the poster. Yeah, so. but but rhinos don't have like claws, and they it's don't have like rhino. the frill. <laughs> but. But I, yeah, I don't like care. a, I a thunder ear. beast is is the cross between a rhinoceros and a and an angry dinosaur. Yes, so let's go with thunder. I'm okay with that. That works for me. Uh, so anyway, the commercial as we said, uh, pretty much didn't change. I love the fact that it has to include the mount leading them on the second half of the mm -hmm. ritual back to the target. So that of course absolutely just reinforces their uh, uh, worldview that it's it's the two of them period as a unit. Of two, right. rider and mount, done. Um, of course, the important attributes are charisma, dexterity, and perception, because yep. charisma, you have to win that animal over, mm -hmm. and you have to have that bond with him. Dexterity, of course, just to stay mounted. <laughs> and, and, it's, and, you're, and you're a combat discipline. Dexterity is obviously important if you're going to be yes. attacking stuff. Absolutely. And of course, perception, just because you need to notice things, you're Mount needs to notice things, you have to have that bond of all your senses are uh, alive and awake and aware. So yeah, but the artisan skills, body painting and braiding, because as you said, the Adept's Way essay has this wonderful thing in there about the braid uh, mm -hmm. between the mount and the rider themselves. So right, like that. the the thing that's described in there is um, when the mount passes, the the rider will take uh, some of the the hair from their mane or tail and braid it into their own, you know, into their own hair, or you know, basically make an honor braid in memory yes. of that 
in memory of that mount. Totally. And unless you think that rhinoceros, rhinoceri, yes, plural, rhinoceri do not have hair, their horn is actually uh, compressed hair. So they do have hair to give for that braid. So, but they may have some other See, way there's the zoological part of what I introduced. There you go. Just saying, just saying. Uh, <laughs> but their half magic test, of course, brings in different types of mounts, upkeeping of riding gear, animal husbandry, first aid for the units, cavalry units in history of bar save or currently operating in bar save. So yeah, just... Again, knowledge you should have that we're right. not going to make you spend any skill points on, legend points mm-hmm. on developing. It's just half magic. Go. So well done on all of the – And then the cavalryman starts with a mount. Which I love. Yeah. Well, that's they have – I mean, obviously, they have to because <laughs> – That's who like, they that's, are. That's part, that's, that's part of the point. Um, and it, it basically just kind of goes through and says, you know, for a starting character, these are what you would typically have mm-hmm. for mounts. And I do love the fact that it gives a page number to go look at and a selection instead of having to just thumb through the entire yeah. master's guide to go, can I ride that? No. Can I well, ride those, that? No. Can yeah, I those, well, so. those lists, the, the page numbers there mm-hmm. are in reference to that page 431 is the list of mounts in the player's guide at the end in of the, the equipment chapter section yes right um and then the, the the 395 is the reference to basically what defines a uh, i think that's in the um mounted combat section and talking about like what it means for a for a mount to be combat trained yes mounted combat sequence mounted knockdown tests so forth and so on mount training yeah so absolutely a perfectly useful help right there just yep. with two sentences <laughs> Instead of having to rifle through the rest of the book, just go here, get it quick, done, go. So love that. And it even gives, for the whole mount, it even gives the race specifics of if you're windling, you like these. If your trolls tend to prefer these and so forth and so on. So it makes it absolutely just marvelous. Why would you not want to play one? I'm just, yeah. Because, again, I've only had one player in 20 years. (laughs) Yeah. One cavalryman. So, but no starting, no starting free talent. No, because they're they're primarily a combat discipline, so yes. they get the high durability in exchange for the the no free talent and. So, just wanted to make sure we stated that for obvious sake. <laughs> but since they are combat, so yeah, let's go ahead and durability of seven because that's again mm-hmm. mostly combat, just like the warrior yep. and I think the swordmaster. So, yep, uh, talent breakdown, uh, beginning discipline talents. We've got animal bond, mm-hmm. obvious. Yeah. Charge, which has not been discussed before because this is mostly for mounted combat. Yeah. The, well, the charge talent is only available to the cavalryman. It's basically how the cavalryman does even more damage when mounted. Yeah, because you've got the mass of you and your mount riding at speed, so that momentum is just going <laughs> to... Right. And, and charge just basically adds an additional rank on top of everything else for damage that you deal. The situation with charge is that while it does do a lot of damage, and anybody who has listened to the Legends of Earth on game will know what that means because of what Gareth can dish out. Um, Uh charge generally at novice circles, charge is something that you're for the most part only going to be able to do every other round, you know, basically because in order to, in order for charge to trigger, you need to have moved a certain amount towards the target to build up that momentum in order to do that extra damage. Yeah. And so basically like you will charge in and hit, you know, and do the damage and then you need to spend the next round like moving away and then turn around and come back. And that's where some of the the logistical and tactical issues of the cavalrymen and the dip- and the complexity of, of mounted combat can come into play just in terms of needing the space to be able to move around and do that. Um, if you are in an area where there's not the room for a cavalryman to maneuver, mm-hmm. um, especially at novice circles, a lot of their output is hindered. So they can kind of sympathize with spellcasters who have to take a round and thread weave and then take another right. round and cast. <laughs> yeah, basically, so, I mean, basically, the- basically, I, ideally what happens is that you charge to the target and deal charge damage. The next round, you make your attack on them without charge and mm-hmm. then move away. And then yeah. the next round, you move back in and like, ideally, you know, that's the sort of situations that you're still able to attack every round, but it's only every other round, really, that charge comes into play. Yeah. At least to start off with, and we'll get into... So there's your survival guide tip of the week right there, how to yeah. actually maximize your cavalryman's uh, movement yeah. there. Because charge, as we said, is for mounted combat, but charge replaces your strength step 
on your damage of whatever weapon you're using right. as long so, as you're moving toward the target. Right. So so you get the so you get your charge step plus your weapon damage step plus your mount's strength step as well. Yes. So that like that's when you are when you are doing a, a charging attack, that's where the cavalryman's like damage Shiny. really you know, especially <laughs> when you get some of the some of the bigger mounts like the Thunder Beast and whatnot that have just, you know, ridiculously high strength steps, that's gonna gonna make their yeah. damage output even more so, yeah. impressive. Mount up that grand lane and go to town. And because charge is a talent, this mm-hmm. is the other novice tier talent that allows an adept to spend karma on damage. There you go. So I think that's what our second So them and only? Beastmaster. Yep. Yeah. Them and them and Beastmaster are the only ones I think in in novice tiers yes, yeah. that can spend claw karma frenzy. on damage. Yeah. Claw frenzy. Claw claw shape. Claw shape. Sorry. Ah, always get those two mixed up. Anyway, uh, so we've got That's animal okay. bond charge melee weapons, which is a big obviously because you have to carry along something. Um, mm-hmm. And of course, your thread weaving because everyone gets yep. that. And then of course, trick riding. Yeah, trick riding is is it serves a couple of purposes. One, it's what you what the cavalryman rolls anytime that they're trying to do something fancy while mounted. Mm-hmm. Um, including it substitutes for avoid blow. Like if if the cavalryman is yeah. mounted, they can do a trick riding instead of avoid blow to try and avoid attacks against themselves or their mount. As long as they're on their mount, yeah. As long and, as they're on their mount, yeah. Yeah, and and trick riding involves other things as well as far as just yeah, like if you're trying to get your mount to jump across a a, a ravine a or. Yeah. You know, or to do any anything kind of kind of fancy mm-hmm. when it comes to to maneuvering or doing stuff with your mount, basically, or to try maybe get your mount to do something that they wouldn't normally be inclined to do. Trick riding is basically what you fall back on on that. Yeah, and uh, for for feats that you want to do as well, I just, I just think back to the movie uh, Three Musketeers, where the, the mm-hmm. horse gets to go under this little tiny bridge, and they're you know they're standing up on their horse on the saddle, riding it so they can cross over the bridge at the end, and then hop back on the horse at the end. So <clears throat> just of the scene and things like that, or if they need to retrieve the weapon off the ground, like in the movie Wonder Woman, where they're riding on the beach. They yeah. just lean down, grab the weapon off the ground, and get back on the horse. So again, that would fall under trick riding. Yeah. So things like that. Anything you've ever seen anybody do in a Hollywood movie on a horse? It's trick riding. Pretty much, yep, trick riding. <laughs> uh, jumping onto the horse's back from the second from the balcony of the saloon totally. after you have uh, you know, upset the 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 guy saloon or yeah, the yeah, any guy. any basically any kind of fancy physical action that you do with your mount that would mm-hmm. that require that would require a test is basically trick riding. Yes, I, I totally. think the more stuff that you can that you can justify <laughs> to use trick riding with, the better, the, the easier. Yeah, because yeah, again, it's a discipline talent. You can use karma. Yep. Uh, so second circle, of course, they get a plus one to physical defense. They are, of course, mm-hmm. the fighting type, so they're going to have to have that. But the discipline talent goes to animal training. Yeah, it allows them to teach their mount tricks and also do some other stuff. Voice commands. Um, yeah, voice commands. I mean, again pop culture like you look at you know the the horses that um like briscoe county's horse comet i think mm-hmm. it was comet was was his name i think was That's his horse's name was comet five years ago yeah I'll, I'll, um, I'll grant you that one sure or or, or xena's horse argo um you know is is also like you know anytime that you've got the the you can get your your mount train your mount to do stuff but it also because it's the talent allows the cavalryman at least as written to enhance um, some of their natural skills or abilities as well. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna pull a pop culture reference for me from 50 years ago. How about Trigger? The Trigger Lone for the Lone Ranger. <laughs> yeah, there you go. But you know, there's there's a lot of stuff like a lot of the stuff that you see in the Cavalryman kit as mm-hmm. discipline talents is yeah. stuff that's optional for the Beastmaster because the mount is so fundamental to the Cavalryman. Like those are all given as as discipline oh, talents because of in- that relationship. It's integral. Uh, fundamental integral, basically the same thing. But yeah, I, I agree. These there's no there is no substitute. So we've had other discussions about other dis- disciplines where we're like, ah, what could you maybe find that would be better there? No, there is nothing better here than animal training at second circle, and now to go third circle, enhance animal companion. Yeah, when we talked circle, about and en- call animal companion. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> there is no substitute for any of those right. three. Yeah, but uh, Enhanced Animal Companion we talked about with the Beastmaster. It is something that is designed to basically make the the mount which, as the character gains experience, um, especially if you're talking about something that is presumably 
going to be with them the animal's entire life. Mm-hmm. You want to maybe not make them so squishy. Uh, so yeah. that's what Enhance Animal Companion is sort of intended to do, is to make them a little bit more durable. Call Animal S- Companion, obviously, like, oh, I'm going to have be able to to get my mount to come to me from... Oh, he knows, he knows, I like, I, I send a mental <laughs> call and he breaks out of the stable and, and comes to my aid kind of thing. Hence Trigger <laughs> from the Lone Ranger. So, so yeah, about. all of those discipline talents are like, you, you've got the mount, the mount is such an integral part to the character that we need to give you the stuff to make the mount progressively more and more useful as your, yes. as your character adva- gains experience and advances through their circles. Absolutely. So well done on the design of that very um, I, I do actually want to to point out here mm-hmm. that Morgan has come up with it's intended a little bit more for Beastmasters, mm-hmm. but is applicable in some ways to, to the cavalrymen as well. Um, on his blog, the the Panda Gaming Grove um, has done up like an alternate approach to uh, animal companions and the talents and knacks and, and how mm-hmm. those work. Um, if anybody's looking at a, at us at a little bit of a different take, um, definitely go in and check those out because with something that is as complex as animal companions and mounts, uh, you generally, there's always a lot of tinkering and fine tuning and stuff that, uh, that, <laughs> that can come totally. to play there. So well, since um, we're if you're not happy, yeah, if you're not happy with how things are right now, maybe go take a look at that and see if there's some stuff that you can crib from to to improve your experience. Well, yeah, since we are the unofficial fourth edition Earth Dawn podcast, and we'll obviously throw you toward the unofficial blog spot, Panda Gaming Grove, uh, <laughs> and go from there because it's – yeah, Morgan's. And by all means, we love Morgan. Morgan does we an do. awesome job. So let's go to the uh, options since those are clear cut. Discipline mm-hmm. talents, second, third, and fourth circle. Just, I mean, there is no ifs, ands, or buts about them. Uh, let's go to the options because this is where people get to actually add some flavor to their individual cavalrymen. Yep, this is where you start picking up the stuff for your own for the for rather than focusing on the mount of picking up the stuff that your that your PC your character yeah. has so, in terms of their style and whatnot. When you are dismounted, which is hopefully seldom, yeah, avoid blow because avoid blow can can be <laughs> handy when you when you can't do trick riding. Avoid yep. blow will work. Um, the the drawback the the drawback is avoid blow. You could still use while mounted, but only for attacks on you. Whereas mm-hmm. trick riding will allow you to attempt to avoid attacks both against you and your mount. So that so, that is something go. to to keep in mind. Yes. Um, but also avoid blow. Obviously, you can't use trick riding if you're not mounted. So avoid blow yeah. would come in handy if you're trying to not get hit while you are on foot. And every once in a while, since the, those rules are described as uh, you know. Being dismounted, maybe you might get knocked off your mount and it'll have to come back to you in a minute or so. For that one round, mm-hmm. avoid blow is handy. So then battle shout. Yeah, which that that's a like sort of fear intimidation. It, it kind of it kind of goes along with the with the idea of the of the fierce um mounted warrior um intimidating their opponents with uh with roars and battle cries and stuff. Yeah. That sounds like something cavalry would absolutely do. Blood share. And I think that's even part of the um bonding. Uh, yeah, well, so this is this is one that probably should be uh, arguably a discipline talent. Fair. Because it allows the rider to take damage from their mount onto themselves or vice versa, though usually because the rider has a lot more health, they will be taking damage from their mount. But because of the the stuff that was in there in terms of improving your mount – in, in terms of like making those available in, in the, the novice as discipline talents. Yeah. Bloodshare just, there wasn't a spot for it. Maybe swap it in for either animal training or call animal companion. If you really want it as a discipline talent, you're finding for whatever reason, one of those others isn't working for you. But that is probably out of all of the ones that we're going through here in the options that you may, because it was, because <laughs> it, it was in first edition, bloodshare was pretty much only available to the cavalrymen. Like it was one of their defining abilities, the yes. ability to, to share the damage back and forth with, with the mount and, and mm-hmm. to kind of deal with recovery as a result of that. And it just, you know, again, under this design paradigm, it just didn't have a spot really that yeah. worked well for it. No. And I think it's still one of those, if the, character that the player makes doesn't necessarily feel that would be right, then yes, then make that an option. Because yeah. maybe somebody has more empathy toward the toward animals than maybe you or I as making a character. Fine. It's an option. I still think 
Yeah, if you were going to swap it out, it would be probably, you know, fourth circle, call Animal Companion, but that's just me. But yeah, I agree with you. That's 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 the only one I would see. Okay, we can swap that. And I have no problem doing that either. So, conversation. There's your, you know, again, we had social talked talent. about with some others that yeah, there's your there's your there's your sort of basic social talent. You know, you'll you'll you you get kind of little ones here or there um for any discipline that's not socially focused, mm-hmm. but everybody you know, in theory, would have some kind of social skills. So, except for the beast, that's master. what it is. Yeah, and conversation, I think, also goes to to work for the mount themselves because occasionally you'll have to, I can't say persuade one, but you're having a conversation. You know, it can't talk back, but the cavalryman will have a conversation with their mount like it's their best friend, mm-hmm. and so they'll tell the mount everything because <laughs> they know the mount's never going to give up those secrets. And so, yeah, but that's not, but that's not something that's <laughs> gonna you're going to need to be rolling. Shh! I'll make my I'll make my players roll it. <laughs> they just like to roll dice anyway. Creature analysis again. I think this goes right up the alley of yeah. I mean, it, it plays into their it plays into their animal theme. It allows them it allows the cavalrymen to gauge the capabilities of other animals as potential mounts, but also if they run into opposing forces who are on mounts that they don't recognize, to be able to get a, a feel yeah. for what those mounts are capable of. Yeah, I, f- I figure if they can size up any animal to see if it's a potential candidate to mount, then they can just size up any animal, period. To say mm-hmm. bigger, stronger, faster, tougher, whatever the case may be. So right up their alley. And then dominate beast. Yep, dominate beast. You know, if you're in a situation or you're maybe a cavalryman who is less, like, empathetic or friendly with your animals, although it's probably not something that I would encourage for a traditional, like, heroic player character mm-hmm. but for perhaps a um villain or a, a enemy cavalryman oh, yeah. um the thing that dominate beast actually would work really well is for a cavalryman to cause problems for the mounts of their opposition i could so see like the city guard cavalrymen maybe a, a yeah. squad or 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 a situation where heaven for fend something happens to your mount mm-hmm. dominating an animal to act as your mount in some limited capacity for a time yeah, um, so it's it's certainly by... it's certainly a a tool that would make sense for a cavalryman, but you know, yeah, it's a, definitely an option, not a not a, a discipline talent. First impression, a, a generally useful social talent. Yeah, and because cavalrymen might occasionally come off as a little bit aloof because they're <laughs> thinking about their mount, even though they're inside the bar having a drink with you. So yeah, first impression never hurts to allay the fears of I'm paying attention to you. Yes, <laughs> uh, heartening laugh. Kind of goes along it's with battle your, shout. It's your, yeah, it goes along with battle shout. It is the sort of fear resistant ability. Um, and again, kind of just goes along with the general idea of the sort of vivacious, living large kind of orc cavalry stereotype that is yeah. the sort of archetype of the cavalryman in Earth Dawn. Yeah, absolutely. It fills out the storyline aspect of that side of your character there. And then speak language. Because it's always if you're going to be a a mercenary group, then being able to communicate with folks that might be hiring you is plenty useful. Yes. (laughs) And then sure mount. Sure mount is uh, another mount related talent. It is basically helps the helps you avoid being dismounted or your mount from being knocked down. Basically, it replaces any knockdown tests that you that the rider or mount needs to make while mounted. Oh, um, so it's it's kind of the knockdown equivalent of trick riding. I was gonna say it's the wound balance. Yeah, yeah, it's it's the, it's so. the it's the it's the wound balance to trick riding's avoid blow. Cool. All right then. So of the first four circles, I see absolutely nothing to quarrel with. Yeah, and I know you probably spent a lot of time on redesigning <laughs> cavalrymen as long as everybody else, but I. I see nothing to quarrel with. This is a very solid start to anybody's mm-hmm. development of their character as far as a cavalryman is concerned. It doesn't sure. make me want to play one immediately, but I have now inklings in my head of what I would actually be wanting to do with mine if were I to yeah. make one. So, because again, that th- Thunder Beast controls were like appealing now. Uh, <laughs> so, when they get to fifth circle, they get a new special ability called One Soul, Two Bodies. It basically uh, gives them a bonus when doing non-combat stuff with their mount. Mm-hmm. It's a plus two bonus to any anything that they do that's not directly combat related because that would unbalance combat, basically. Yeah. So if you're doing 
So like trick riding, it would sometimes apply. Like if you're trying to get your mount to jump over a, a fire or do mm-hmm. something along those lines, and it's not in a combat situation, then you would get the bonus. But if you're trying to do it to avoid a blow in combat, then it wouldn't. Yeah, and that and the reason that that it works that way is just purely from a from a game balance standpoint, because otherwise, then you're getting suddenly getting a plus two bonus to your attack tests or your you know to all sorts of other stuff, and giving you a bonus that that yeah. other characters don't have access to. Well, and and like we said at the beginning of the show, this helps with the logistics of handling a secondary character mm-hmm. that, you know, causes those logistical problems. <laughs> like potentially, I said, yeah. Getting into the catacombs in par length, and there's no staircase. So getting your mount to be lowered down there, I can't say against their will, but you know, things along those lines. And he's just said, jumping over the fire or jumping over the ravine or, uh, you know, snakes, whatever the case may be. So yes, it, it also helps build a storyline in the downtime non-combat time, air quotes, for you and your mount. So I love that one. And of course, they get to spend a common point on any damage tests while mounted. Yep. Again, like a lot of the combat disciplines do pick up a situational karma on damage ability at fifth circle. Mm -hmm. So while mounted, I mean, basically this allows the cavalryman to double up on karma for when they make charge tests. They can use one from the talent and one from the one from the from the discipline ability. Yeah. So bring it at fifth circle for your cavalryman. So there you are. So if you're going to make mounted city guards, put them on cav, make them cavalrymen, make them at least fifth circle. And then you can actually enforce these against your player characters. Oh no, you won't either. So six, so fifth circle discipline talent armor mount. Yep. This, um, uh, allows the adept to increase the armor of their mount. Again, it's a sort of mount survivability ability. Yeah. They basically that that they make a roll and um for the duration of a combat because it lasts for armor mount rank in minutes, they basically provide a bonus to their mount's natural armor. Make yeah. it a little bit harder for them to to suffer wounds and and take injury. This would be on top of any barding or anything like that if you happen to have some. Yeah, so that's a wonderful thing to do. Six circle, get another bonus to physical defense, and then they get yep. the wheeling attack. This is where they get and to this do is, some really fun stuff. Yep, this is basically where your charge talent – basically, you can start using your charge talent every round, I think. Let me just double check here. Wheeling attack. It's been – like I said, it's been a while. It's been a uh, wheeling attack. Yeah, that basically you are no longer required to have your mount move a certain amount before beforehand. Yeah. So that, you know, and you basically are required to use the splitting movement combat option. Yep. But you don't suffer any penalties for it. Yes. So that gets rid of the penalty, at least. But there you are. You know, that, that, that basically what it allows you to do is is if you've got the the positioning up, you can basically do ride by ride by charge attacks mm-hmm. every round that basically you're, you know, normally, normally like what I've been talking about at novice circles is that you charge in and then move away and then charge in and move away. Yeah. Whereas in this one, you're doing that full double move of your mount, but mm-hmm. doing part of it before your attack and part of it after. And yeah. as long as you're doing that full movement, you get the charge bonus. As long as at some point in that time, you are striking the, the target. And so you can basically like run out doing a charge and then you're away and then you turn around and you run back and you kind of go back and forth there. Almost like um, jousting. Where yep. you attack in the middle. <laughs> yeah. The, 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 the drawback is that it is its own talent rank that you need to raise for the purposes of, of making attacks. Whereas mm-hmm. the normal charge, like you're normally using your regular melee weapons. So it is a separate talent that you need to raise in order to make that effective. But Still, it, it does allow you to increase your damage output notably because you are able, if, if the positioning is, is good, to, to do that yeah. every round. Because, again, this is not to replace charge. Because that's why charge is, is the first circle. Right. Well, charge, well charge, is, charge is the damage test, much yes. like claw shape is for the, you know, mm-hmm. that basically this is the, the, the wheeling attack is the attack test that you make. If successful, then you can use charge. charge on the damage. Yes. So – Wanted to make that clear. And then, of course, seventh circle. You have to hold, gain a whole other circle before you can do this one, the wheeling defense. This is sort of the cavalryman's version of acrobatic defense in that basically they are like 
prancing around and and moving their mount a, a significant you know quite a bit yeah. and uh, gaining a bonus to their physical defense as a result yeah because they're constantly moving in a harder target therefore to hit mm-hmm. so it works quite well and then of course eighth circle oh they get the other recovery test at seventh circle and then at eighth circle they get a bonus to the physical defense once again so that's three yep. that's three bonuses to physical defense one to social defense nothing to mystic just no. want to point well, that out. Well, for, for, for most of the – in fact, I think all of the disciplines, at least in circles one through eight, the, mm-hmm. the novice and journeyman tiers, they will get bonuses to two defenses. Yes. And usually for most of them, it's plus three to one and plus one to a second. Mm-hmm. Then in their warden and master tiers, they will generally get a bonus to the third type, the one that they haven't gotten before. Yes. But for the cavalrymen – you know, because charisma is important, like the physical physical defense, obviously, social defense is secondary. And usually it's a it's a plus net plus three to one and a plus one to the other. The mm-hmm. sword master, which we haven't really discussed yet. Soon. Soon. <laughs> uh, but is is the one exception to that because they get plus two to each physical and social. Yes. Because the, the the sword master is a lot more balanced between them uh, compared to others. Agreed. But I no, the cavalrymen basically the the cavalrymen don't get the the mystic defense bonus early on, which nope. is a potential weakness for them. Everybody has to have one. Yep. So yeah, uh, but then eight circle they get the double charge. Yeah, it has um, to be said that way. You just it has to be said that way. Yeah. Yeah. Basically, basically you can make two it's it's the cavalryman's multi-attack ability yeah um it allows them to make two attacks during a charge whether attacking the same target twice or two different targets depending mm-hmm. on how their movement does um they can use wheeling attack in conjunction with it and then the second charge attack the second attack that they make is made using double charge so it's equivalent to second attack basically yeah. for you know for for cavalrymen the cavalrymen get a lot of their own version of other stuff, you know, you got trick riding as a void blow. You've got sure mount as as, a, as wound, balance. Uh, wound balance. You've got double charge as second you know attack. second attack. You know, or there's there's a lot of stuff. Yeah. But but the reason for that is because all of these require them to be mounted. They are not the standard like oh here's your second attack thing. Yeah. So it's the mounted version of which is fine. They need yeah. that. Well, that I mean that that makes sense. It does mean that they end up with a lot of unique talents mm-hmm. because they're the only ones really that are mounted magically mounted. Again, and it also tells you that anybody else who just decides to get on a horse and try their usual shtick is not going to work the same. They don't right. get any of these because these are talents specific to the cavalryman. So mm-hmm. take your warrior, put him on a horse. It's not going to be the same as a cavalryman on purpose. So that yep. makes them, cavalrymen that is, very unique in what they do and how they do it. So I agree with that. So we've got some options here for journeymen. Uh, fifth circle to get the animal companion durability. Yep. That allows the cavalrymen to increase the health ratings of their mount. Yeah. Uh, particularly and could, useful. And again, one of those things that like. Could it be discipline talent? Sure. Could it be discipline talent? But what are you gonna like probably replace it, replace maybe armor mount with it at fifth circle? Well, yeah. Um, I really would not like want to get rid of, of wheeling attack. Yeah. I really would not want to get rid of wheeling attack or, or wheeling defense. And I don't want to wait till eighth circle to get it. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, then you miss out. Then you miss out on double charge. You no longer have your second attack. So exactly. like armor mount so. seems to be like and, and they're sort of roughly equivalent. Mm-hmm. So it's like one or the other. You could you yeah. could swap. Them so out depending. maybe if I were the game master and you wanted to do that. Sure. Because you're my second cavalryman player ever. So it works <laughs> for me. And then otherwise empathic sense because they go yep. they have to have that bond with their mount. Sure. It, it can it can be something to to like further flesh out their mental and spiritual connection with their mount. But okay. it allows them as well to expand that to other people. Mm-hmm. Um, and the sort of the sort of psychic and, and emotional and empathic understanding that kind of goes along with that. Yeah, you need to have empathic sense without a doubt. But again, I couldn't see making that a discipline talent. So, yeah, it's just right. It's an option. Etiquette and much etic- like the warrior. Yeah, much like the warrior getting etiquette, you know, with the kind of situations that a cavalryman is potentially going to be in when it comes mm-hmm. to social stuff, knowing how to behave in the proper circumstances, whether that is within the context of 
the mercenary band that they're in or dealing with the people cavalry. that might be hiring them or, you know, any that sort of thing. Any, any cavalry unit that they happen to maybe right. come across and you know, want to join you, you probably you probably will have like individuals within the unit that will that will have that ability, but probably officers and that sort of thing. Yes. Um, but not something that everything everybody is necessarily going to have. Yeah. So etiquette is necessary for that reason, for those reasons. Sorry. Fearsome charge. And again, fearsome charge. If you're not going to take battle shout, um, but you want a scary, you know, uh, uh, a scary intimidation kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So since charge is the damage test, is fearsome charge a damage well, test? No, fearsome. Basically, what happens is is it's actually with a little bit of illusion magic. The cavalryman like makes themselves look even more like frightening as they are charging in, mm-hmm. and it's a test against social defense. And it works similar to battle shout or taunt, where the the victim suffers penalties as gotcha. a result. I was just uh, wanted that clarified for those who cannot reach their books because they're listening to this while they're driving. Uh- <laughs> Or doing other mundane tasks. So making sure, just to clear that yep. one up real quick so they don't have to look it up. Leadership, of course, you're in a cavalry unit. Officers. Eventually, you, you might want to lead um, yeah. not just other cavalry with you, but if you're on mounted horseback, you kind of command that respect a little bit. Perhaps you want to be leading your party. Yeah. As the guy from, you know, I have the higher seat, so we can go from there. <laughs> Lionheart. Another anti-fear ability kind of along the lines of heartening laugh, but one that uh, benefits just the adept as opposed to the mm-hmm. uh, group buff of heartening laugh. Yes. Missile weapons, because occasionally... Because mounted do. archers are a thing. And they're badass. They can be. Just saying. <laughs> I, I, I think if you really want to go into the sort of badass mounted art mounted archer thing, you take archer as a second discipline and mm-hmm. get access to all of those tricks as well. Totally. Then, you know, really- missile like if you're not going if you're not going to be going like the full blown archer route, but you need a ranged ability, missile weapons is not a bad one to grab. True. Because yeah. mounts the, the the scales of movement and so forth that you're going to be dealing with in the mounts are a lot more conducive to the ranged abilities of missile weapons. Yes. And we should talk about the melee weapons that you should be using on a mounted combat. Lance versus sword. Lance, spear. Yeah. We'll, we'll, maybe, t- we'll, we'll maybe touch on some of the mounted combat stuff real quickly once we get through the rest of this. Absolutely. Because we only got like three left. Mount attack, which is, I think, getting yep. your mounts to gore somebody. Yeah, well, yeah, it's it's a basically it allows it allows you to substitute for the mount's natural attack step when it's trying to um, kick or bite or otherwise harm. Yeah, other things. There's only one game I've ever come across in my lifetime that actually in, uh, had rules for stomping damage, and I like those rules. <laughs> so I can't translate them to Earth Dawn yet. I'm also working on those as well, but. Just that's a little we'll put a pin in that one for later. Two left. Spirit mount. This is really cool. It basically allows a cavalryman to summon a spiritual mount mm-hmm. that unfortunately can't really gain the benefit of stuff like enhance animal companion or animal companion durability or any of that stuff. Yeah. But it allows them to be mounted. And because it is spiritual, like it can sink into the ground a little bit, mm-hmm. making it a little bit easier for the cavalryman to be mounted while navigating maybe narrower corridors or tunnels or things like that. Yeah, in case they're a troll. Yeah, it it kind of, you know, it's, it's again, it's one of those things that, like, is a little bit counter to the theme of the cavalryman, like, being strongly bonded with a specific mount, mm-hmm. because at that point they are not... Like they're not dealing with a with a flesh and blood mount that way, but I could certainly see something that that would be useful. I mean, all of the other mounted combat talents that you would get yeah. um, would be really useful with um, with spirit mount. I I see spirit mount as the in between, as in I just lost my other mount. I you know mm-hmm. it's 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 passed, but I haven't found a replacement yet. I'll use spirit mount until I find the next one. Or or if you're gonna go or if you're gonna go weird like a nethermancer, totally. Another Mancer cavalryman like multidiscipline combination because I I think Nethermancer gets access to spirit mount as a talent option as well Fair. because of their spirit connection. Nice. Or I could see uh, going back to this terror in the skies thing. I could take my spirit mount on the if I happen to get on top of the the horror itself, the flying horror. I could use mm-hmm. spirit mount. In that case, I would get most of my benefits back to attacking it itself. Yeah. Potentially, yeah, you know, it's just the creative gameplay with that. Or like you said, I can't take my mount with me into that windling care, but I can take the spirit mount with me and right. do it that way. So that's the that's the 
okay, I can patchwork this together type answer. Uh, and then of course, tactics. Which makes sense, again, if you're going to be dealing with, you know, kind of goes along the lines with like leadership and etiquette. It's one of those things that would make sense for a cavalryman to have, but depending on your particular group's play style may not be entirely appropriate to take as an option. Fair. Although the bonuses that it can provide can be nice. Yes. I will say I have not considered much in first edition, second or, or classic, third edition, even of developing my own cavalrymen, but the way the fourth edition is laid out, it makes me want to explore that further. I can't say soon, but at least I have it in my head now to want to push someone else to play it if they have an inkling yeah. or to develop my own storyline for them. Or at least, start, like I said, start using them as city guards somewhere. Mm -hmm. The the cavalryman is is really a cool discipline, and and it's in some ways a shame that it is so logistically difficult and a little bit more complex in terms of the mounted combat rules and stuff that come into play with it. Yeah. Um, that I, I certainly, I know that people who have had cavalrymen in their games tend to really, really like them yeah. because of what they are capable of doing. It's just the typical play format mm -hmm. um, does not often allow them to really give them the chance to shine and kind of in, in some ways like air sailor yes to a lesser extent where they're 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 they are really really strong in a particular limit particularly limited area mm -hmm. air sailor has a lot of tricks that are useful off of an airship but within that context they really really shine and yes. cavalrymen run into that similar kind of situation the drawback is that a lot of the the cavalrymen's tricks if they're not mounted they just don't, don't have work. the you know at, at that point they yeah they they don't have i mean they're okay but they don't have the damage output of a warrior they don't have a lot of the other sort of like defensive tricks and whatnot that a sword master or you know any other mm. discipline discipline has and so it can be difficult because you really need to, as a game master if you've got a player that wants to be a cavalryman. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of stuff that you need to take into account for your adventure and campaign design in terms of allowing them their moments uh, in the spotlight to be able to do their awesome stuff, which is part of the reason why the most workable of that is the windling cavalryman, because they tend to not have the space issues yes. that more traditional horse or even larger animal cavalrymen <laughs> will will run into mm -hmm. you know that you can run a, a a windling on a zoke or a q which is their their cat lizard um not flying mount yeah. and and both of those are small enough that you don't run into the 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 physical limitations that you will with some with some other types dwarves on on troogen or hutawa are also a little bit workable because those mounts are a little bit smaller yeah, um, although they dog. run into eh, a little bit larger, but uh, yeah, yeah, a large dog. Mm -hmm. um, but they they run into some issues when it comes to feeding them because both of those animals are carnivores. <laughs> um, and so they are a little bit pricier to feed. Yes. But the, the Trojan is actually a, a pretty cool, pretty cool animal in general. So a dwarf with one of those and a Beastmaster in the same party, not a good mix. <laughs> They'll want to eat the Beastmaster's uh, friends. And then... Well, uh, no. I, I, <laughs> I'm having fun, uh, but I, I I am at the moment very grateful. I've not had the the problem of trying to satisfy the air sailors wants to be on an airship with the same member of the party who has a cavalryman and a mount. So I'm so far grateful I've not had that party combination. <laughs> yeah, Although that would make a fantastic novel. I will say, right. So somebody um, out there write that novel. <laughs> Get us um, mounted combat. Take a take a little bit, few moments here to wrap up tonight talking about that. Yeah. Because then we've got the issues of what – let's just start off with – because we started off with it a little bit ago, which melee weapons that they should be using yeah. while they're mounted. Right, right. You – basically like lances and spears or, or anything along those lines Yeah, longer are, weapons essentially. Are, are longer weapons you know, that, that you want to have because of the way that they use them. One, they're able to use them one-handed because the way that they, they can sort of brace them properly. Yes. So you're looking for larger size weapons, essentially, because pole arms are like fives and sixes. Right, you're, or, or, you know, or, or the equivalent. The other situation is that generally if you are doing a, a charging attack, 
with a traditional melee weapon, mm-hmm. there is a chance that when you hit the target that you may lose your grip on the weapon, mm-hmm. that you have to make a, a strength test to maintain a hold. And that is not the case with lance with a lance or spear because of the way that they're designed. Yes. Um, there is a chance that you might be dismounted mm-hmm. if you do that and you fail the, the test, um, which is kind of bad. But at that point, at least you still have your weapon. Yes. which is not the case otherwise. And, and here's a small little history lesson on swords, on mounted horses as well. The English had a problem with that because they had straight swords, broadswords on horseback, mm-hmm. whereas when they faced, quote unquote, the infidels, and I'm not, that's the term they used, not me, but the mounted cavalry of the Middle East created the scimitar, which is a curved right. sword, so that they could right. actually hit their opponents and maintain their sword. And so basically... If you want to just give the exact same stats for the book, right. just change the cavalryman's broadsword to a scimitar and let them not lose their weapon when they're in combat. I'm okay with that as a game master. <laughs> so a yeah. little history lesson. There. Um, the, the one that we, we won't really go into all of the, the finer details of the like different types of attacks, but on page 397 of the player's guide, there is a, a sidebar. There's a gray box mm-hmm. that basically summarizes the, different aspects of mounted combat stationary versus mobile versus charging versus ride by and all out charge. Yeah. And, and the, and the all out charge attack. It's a pretty big box. It takes up seven, eight. Yeah. It it takes up almost (laughs) a page, but it basically summarizes like, like these are the things that come into play and the stuff that you need to take into account. And then the other kind of sections around there with mounted combat, which starts on 395 mm-hmm. and carries actually all the way through 399 because there's some stuff on mounted aerial combat as that. well. Yes. Um, kind of talks about some of the, the more specific stuff. And then I just noticed that I, I'm reminded that the um, example in mounted combat um, actually uses Davin from the uh, story earlier nice. in the, the book. Yeah, page 17. But yeah, the the you know, we've we've kind of covered on everything with the cavalrymen, some of the issues that you might have as a as a game master and the things mm-hmm. you need to keep in mind. So yeah, no, I, I think we've we've covered it pretty well. Um and we're sort of now at an you hour. know, we're we're just about an hour. <laughs> yeah. And uh so I, I think with with that we will ride off into the sunset <laughs> of another episode. That's a whole different beast. Uh um, <laughs> Because we can make puns, Rida. we have to. It's, it's a requirement and uh, and 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 call this one good for for another week. Exactly. Um, wrap this up, and uh, you know, I, again, like I said, I, I think the cavalryman is really cool. I think it's just rough, and I would really, really like someday to run a game that is cavalryman focused to a certain yeah. extent, whether that be a Carafod focused game or, or something else where a, a cavalry, a mounted unit of some sort is the is the focus and, and whatnot. Yeah. As a as a limited series short run campaign, something along those lines. My my friend actually ran a campaign once upon a time and he was running Earth on on the fly. I can't say on the fly, but he had his own storyline for it. He didn't do anything pre gen. But he had a precursor adventure that we all got to play and it was all these characters and we were all air sailors. We were on a boat and we operated the fire cannons, the whole nine yards, but it was intended that we all die because that mm-hmm. was the precursor. Do we get legend points for it? No, but it was fun. And I think doing – and then after after that airship crashed, modern day bar save, we got to play the characters that we made and come across that sunken airship because it diggered into the ground and got buried during the scourge of the whole nine. So that was the fun part. I think doing the same thing with the cavalry team – Having everybody play the cavalry, doing that, yeah. dying gloriously in battle, and then coming across, and then <clears throat> you guys play your own characters, come across this cavalry remains or their legends, and you've got some interest in what happened to them as to how it was told through legend, because you were there and you know what actually happened, and so you can kind of compare the two. So I think that would sure. be a nice play to start that. Yeah, that's that's an interesting idea. So anyway, if you have <laughs> um, any follow up questions about about cavalrymen, about or stories that you want to share about notable cavalrymen incidents or exploits in your own games. Because we do love stories. Uh, then you can then then we will accept those. Absolutely. Uh, you can always drop us a line, edsgpodcast at gmail.com. True. Um, like, share, and subscribe, follow on social medias and all of that stuff. And we'll be here for the duration. Yeah, yeah. We we are not planning on going anywhere. We hope that you are doing okay. 
as we, uh, at least as of this recording, are at the very end of April. Yes. Um, this episode, when this episode is planned to go up, there will be two days left in the Iopos City of De- uh, Lair of Deceit, excuse me, mm-hmm. Kickstarter. So if you have somehow missed that, you uh, have until May 8th to do that. If you miss the campaign, you will not miss out on the book because it will still be available. You'll just have to wait a little bit longer yeah. than um, other folks who backed the Kickstarter and got access to the pre-release draft and all of the happiness that is in it. Like me. Yeah. So final question for you on Cavalryman. Would you give extra legend points to your players if they brought coconuts to make the, the galloping sound? <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> That's just me. I would, but only... Good night, everybody. (laughs) (laughs) So yes, folks, everybody, thank you much for listening. We'll hear from you soon. And it's time for you to go make your own mounted legend. Good night.